bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Hello and welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Adrian Maine, joined by Justin Robert Young. Hello, friends. Mr. Brian Brushwood. Ahoy, mateys. And the Highlander himself, the man who is here because he had to defeat somebody else, apparently, and there were sparks of energy, That's Mr. Right. Bryce Castillo. I've absorbed hey! Corey's energy. I'm ready to talk about <laughs> cryptocurrencies and the Microsoft Surface tablet. Forever. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Welcome back to me. Thank you. Yeah. Me. Welcome back to you. <laughs> Hi, Bryce. Hi, Hi Bryce. <laughs> uh, so uh, a personal update that nobody cares about, but I will share with you. I had my second shot of Moderna on Wednesday. Nice. Congrats. Congratulations. Uh, uh, and, and this is social proof. To everybody else is deciding whether or not you want to get it. You know, we all did it. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, I... I uh, my my in interest of full disclosure, my girlfriend went through every one of the side of the symptoms, like of like what you could go through. Like, I feel cold. That's the chills. Now I feel hot. Now you're going through fever. And then, you know, she had it was bad for like one night and the next day she felt up fine, like yeah. nothing happened. I no, was I, achy. Yeah. And a that was it. Ashley had the same thing, and all we could think of was that scene in in Walk Hard when uh they're they're parodying all the rehab scenes in music biopics. And it's just like, I'm cold, more blankets, more blankets, like I'm hot, less blankets, less blankets, like I'm cold and hot. We need more blankets and less blankets. And that was pretty much like 24 hours, and then she was fine. It sounds like the same thing with your girlfriend. So yeah, uh, did yeah. did you do anything in particular to celebrate afterwards? Well, no, I mean, they, they have, they have day, another couple yeah, days yeah. before they're fully they're fully antibodied up. You need right? to, you're supposed to wait two weeks. Yeah, technically. I I mean we yeah we didn't do anything out of the normal and even under under an abundance of superstition and not science because it's like even before the second shot we're still at like eighty nine or ninety percent immunity yeah. you know but like out of an abundance of like eh. Uh, I mean, we, we went out to eat with some friends yesterday, but they, they've been, they did the Johnson and Johnson a couple months ago. And so I've been, you know, I've been around people more and, you know, because like, I, I know I, you know, like second shot is what extenuates as far as we understand, extends the immunity. But I'm like, I'm like, well, I'm, you know, after that first shot, after two weeks into the first shot, that's the thing like, Oh no, if the second shot, you're only like 50%. I'm like, well, that data was taken over people the day after the shot and up to two weeks after the shot. Yeah. And if you look at people seven days in, it goes up to 67% and then keeps climbing. So mm -hmm. that was a, that, that was like yeah. a preliminary thing. Approximately in... everybody don't take my numbers as a rule. That, yes. please. That, that was some data I remember coming out of England because they were thinking of going just one shot because they found one they shot with a longer delay was ended up being more effective um, but I think that was not what they had applied for. And so at the time that they did not make that methodology. Yeah, they England did England, the only country to outpace us, I think. Well, I Israel, believe, them in Israel. Yeah. Yeah. Say of a country of like a size of like more than 50 million. Yeah. Was England because they did the single shot. They would do the single. And then that apparently that was their, to give everybody the first jab. And then as the second jab became available, do that, which was biden had said we were going to do and i was excited about that because we would have immunized people faster but then the health of people were like we don't know if people are going to go get their second shot we don't know and it's anyhow yeah we didn't 
We did. Uh, uh, yeah, my, my brother actually came out and visited, and uh, there was a, a question because he got a Moderna shot in Orlando, uh, then was told that Orlando or the Orange County uh, uh, Health Office was switching to Pfizer, and so Ooh. he was facing the possibility of having to restart his cycle by getting a Pfizer shot, then comes out and visits me, where apparently Austin's city... Uh, uh, is all doing Moderna shots. And he was able to walk up to a clinic and get his second Moderna shot. And oh, so wow. now he was in, in two states, uh, uh, one Moderna shot each. Wow. I, I got my second shot a couple weeks back, right before it opened up to kind of everybody. Um, and I ended up getting um, uh, Pfizer, but I had to go to San Antonio uh, both times to go get that shot. Um, but it was it was easy. I did it through HEB, the the grocery store chain around here, and they, it was a breeze. You walk in, they give you the form, they automatically sign you up for the next shot. Um, it was easy, but I had not I did not know Austin was a Moderna town. Yeah, no, there was a, there's there, there's a there's a place right around the corner, and uh, uh, it's a a big football stadium. It, it it's a high school football stadium in Texas, which means it is about the size of most professional football stadiums. Uh, but, uh, yeah, my brother just rolled up in a car, got shot up and that was it. There, there was a moment today, Justin and I grabbed lunch and our, uh, I don't know, this is like the third or fourth time that we've come, uh, like it's become enough of a Monday ritual that, that there was sort of a, you know, let's bother to learn each other's names type thing. And, uh, today was the first day that, that our server was not wearing a mask. And I was just like. Like, like I had a, a brief uh, for thee, he but winced. not for me moment where I was just like, well, I mean, I get to not wear a mask, but you, uh, mm, yeah, I don't know how I feel about that. Uh, yeah, I, I do think that we've kind of turned a corner in terms of the messaging with the CDC, with the masks. Uh, uh, obviously, there was a, a difference, a, a revision to it last week, but I think kind of universally, this is becoming more about your personal decision and a little less about the spiritual you know, a, a, a community idea, which I think is probably more healthy to, to, to lock this decision more on the, on the side of, Hey, look, you should get the vaccine. If you want to be protected at this level, that's that I think is the bargain that makes the most sense as opposed to like, if you don't get it, then your cousin's granddad's uh, bowling partner will die. It's like that. That's a little bit, I think less motivating than, Hey, you should do it. It's easy, free. It's you know takes not a lot out of your day, and go knock it out. I'm glad that's where because that's the thing. I remember just a, maybe a few weeks ago we were talking about we should just be we're at the place now where like I had there was no line to get a vaccine, and it's yeah. like when it, vaccines are being rationed or limited, it's one thing to say to have these sort of things in place to say like oh you have to do this because these other people may not be productive. Now it's like now it's like a matter of choice. You know, it's like now it's like, don't complain to me about Avengers spoilers. You had your chance to see it. Yeah. So, you know, the mask thing and uh, and masks work, people like this weird, like, but it's not like we it's because these are th in a chat room. Again, there's a reason you have different biosafety levels. There's a reason at one level you wear a mask. Another yeah. level you wear a bubble suit. It's not a talisman that magically protects you from all germs. And it's just this <laughs> this weird, weird sort of like, oh, like, oh, well, this place didn't have a mask mandate. Like, no, but a lot of the health people were wearing masks and denser. It's like it's 
These, it's vectors. It's the, all about vectors. I, I, I would say yeah. all of that. All of that pushback comes from less uh, of of a discussion about reality uh, when it comes to science, and more about how much you do or do not worship at the altar of authority. And um, I think that uh, the mere fact that you're arguing, uh, whoever is, I, I haven't looked in the chat, but whoever's arguing, like, realize that's saying more about you and your anger at mom and dad than it is saying about what the science says about masks. But that is, that is I, I don't know if you guys have read any of these pieces of, like, why are, why are no-vax people saying no-vax here? Why are... There, there was mm-hmm. even one of like, why are libs still wearing masks if yeah. they don't need to? Which I, I didn't like that article. I had troubles with that article to begin with. But, but a lot of it is, is, well, this is all so fast. I don't need to. I'm not in a rush, and I feel safe. These, these people would argue. Or a lot of it is like people who got COVID, and that you know, th- we, we know that there's some natural immunization that you get from catching any, any virus, really, um, and they. Uh, some of that uh, that kind of bleeds into some of the well it was it's an emergency authorization it's not a real thing but, but, yeah but, but, but. I, I think that a lot of it is risk reward for people and uh there is a reality for some people that are in rural areas that don't feel that this they didn't feel the pain of this on the level that people who lived in cities did uh, uh they didn't see uh, a, a gigantic change in the way that life was lived over the past year and a half in a way that a lot of people who lived like, you know, when I was in Oakland, there was a, a different, a bomb went off on in early March and life was not the same until I moved away. It was still not the same. So it's like, uh, that's, that's part of it. But vaccine hesitancy is not a monolith that there are a lot of different reasons up to and including, I got a friend of mine whose husband Will is all on board on the science. Believes that everybody should get faxed. Terrified of needles. Oh, and it's just yeah. it's just as simple as that. It's just like oh. he's like if if it was in a pill, I would take it tomorrow. But I am terrified of needles, and I I I will not do it past that. And it's like you know th- well, that, and, that, that, that and, that's and, an and, element that doesn't fit into our like right our our very specific. Well, and it's like, Why we want happens. to shame. We want to shame. Uh, likewise, I have a friend who uh, is is vaccine hesitant. And and um, uh, I, I, I think that if put into a corner, he would whisper that it's like, I'm not ready to go back into the world yet. And I'm using this as a reason to not go back in the world. Yeah. Um, which, which, which is fine. And it's like, you're not gaining a lot by, by mocking him <laughs> in public and ascribing reasons that aren't his reasons. Yeah. I, I totally I, I totally agree. And like uh, people who are hesitant because of the speed at which it's developed, like you're right. <laughs> I'm, I'm, like we've t- we've all sort of you know figured our risk reward ratio of that. And like I everyone's like, I'm like, no, you're right. Like, like I don't I can't tell you that I know the data and I've been to the future and I will tell you the outcome of this. Well um, and, and, so. and, 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 and it is worth the, the big thing for, for me is that I get the idea that people are hesitant about big pharma and that's ultimately who we're who we're trusting here with this kind of emergency uh, uh, authorization like you can check the their, their results but ultimately these are not companies that people tend to feel particularly fondly about and i don't think that just because we were in a crisis situation that that means that everybody's going to forget all their feelings that they have about this industry uh, uh, in in america and, and i do and think that that does factor into things uh, it, it is worth noting that 
uh, and again, you should always seek to steel man the other side's argument. Uh, there is a precedent for caution. Like as much as I personally bristle at the, 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 the glacial pace that the FDA moves at, the fact is the FDA moving very, very slowly with five-year trials is what spared most of the United States from the horrors of thalidomide. Because in Europe, they move very, very quickly. Everyone was using thalidomide as a drug to calm morning sickness and make pregnancy a little bit more comfortable. And then all of a sudden, these babies came out missing arms, missing legs, missing giant chunks of their body. Yeah. Um, and here in the United States, we didn't have to suffer that, suffer that partly because of our overabundance of caution. So, so um, it's so easy to just say, uh, science says this now go, go, go. But, but, but again, it's like, there's, it's a spectrum. And so, so as whether or not somebody else's attitudes align with what I believe is insignificant. Like I, I it's important to remember that, that, that not everybody is crazy. Not everybody who believes something different than you is a crazy person. Mm. Yeah. I, and I think that's the, you know, we, we talk about theory of mind, theory of mind is how we try to understand how people think we all have a form of it. Usually it's pretty bad. And, and Brian used the great term steel man instead of straw man, the idea of let me give somebody the best intentions and stuff. I would say that there are things that get frustrating when you realize that you can idolize something like science. And then when you, then people are like, well, why, why would we question this? But it's like, well, sometimes they don't do science sometimes they do politics and there's a great article in wired that's terrifying oh yeah that is uh and so what this is and it's kind of it, it, the headline is the 60 year old scientific screw up that helped kill covid by uh megan Multeney. now well they know that that, that, that helped, helped covid kill humans yeah yeah so the thing is that what this and again i retweeted this it's not getting a lot of attention but, you know, there were mistakes were made and people are trying to say, well, my people did it. And there was these other people here and people are very our tribalism is affecting the way we look at stuff and the where we draw those lines can kind of weird. But the story is basically there is a woman who is the probably one of the leading, if not the expert in the world on aerosols and infectious disease, which turns out is a much narrower field than you would have expected, who had been working on research for years because the idea that things had to be could only be aerosols if they were like five microns or smaller had been just accepted, but nobody knew where it was accepted, why this was truth. And this had been for like 60, 70 years. This was just a thing that people accept. Oh, five microns are smaller. And if you really know science, and I mean the under, in science in the sense of like the history of science and how science, you know, a lot of things are more, you always got to be suspicious because when once when you hear five microns are smaller, well, we know it's probably not five microns, and maybe it's not always the same case because some things might be less dense, more dense. There are different environments in which you can have humidity, et cetera. That's a very suspicious rule, but people have been accepting it for years. And one of the reasons why people are like, oh, no, we don't, we don't think COVID's an aerosol. We think it's droplets or whatever was because people had unscientifically clung to this. And there was a point where she's in a meeting with a uh, – you know, remember the WHO had tweeted – a fact, you know, hashtag COVID-19 is not airborne. Yeah. Okay. WHO had said this, and this is one of the like, why do we have trust issues? Because bureaucrats with PhDs had been yelling at us, telling us, no, this is fact. This is not fact. And then had to reverse themselves. Then wanted, then wanted to say, well, science is moving. Well, yeah, but what you did before wasn't science. That's the problem. And that's why we're skeptical well, is because and, and, how and do we know? These are the same people who later are confused 
why people hide behind, um, you know, like a climate change is real. They'll change their mind in 20 minutes. And it's like, well, I mean, you contribute to that philosophy of people by, 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 by announcing as flat facts the current best guess, and, uh, and it undermines your authority. So there's a talk about a video call with her and some other people who are working on this area. And uh, the researcher, uh, uh, Lydia Morawski, and really interesting reading a story of her fight working on this, a revered atmospheric physicist who had arranged this meeting tried to explain how far infectious particles of different sizes could potentially travel. One of the WHO experts abruptly cut her off, telling her she was wrong. Ma recalls somebody telling the story. His rudeness shocked her. You don't just argue with Lydia about physics. And that was part of the problem is you had people like, no, we know this. And that was so much uh, the math. Like, and Andrew and the mask mandate every up. But like that was like I'm big pro mask, not because they're magic talismans that ward off all disease, but they limit exposure. And well, and now we're like, well, they're no viral load. Like, yeah, it's real. And, and so and that's like a big a big thing with uh, uh, that article, which is fascinating, is that the, the, the subject of it was an atmospheric scientist. And, and she knew mm -hmm. from her work of smoke and other particles and, and uh, stuff like that, that the idea that uh, this hard line in the sand with infectious disease of like, oh, no, it anything airborne needs to be smaller than five microns was not true of her research in atmospheric study. And so she was trying Which, to explain, like, no, this is not the case. You, you, you were drawing this hard line here when, when there are things that are above five microns that do hang, a, hang, hang in the air, that this can be aerosolized. And uh, she was just kind of run over for a, a long period of time to our tremendous detriment. And her aerosol research, when it came to pollutants, was used by the WHO, was endorsed. I said, yes, this is why indoor pollution is all this bad. It's why we need to think about climate change seriously. Yeah. They loved her data there. Yeah. They didn't like it here. And that's, and that's uh, you know, uh, to me, science is cool, not because it is static, but because it changes. And, and ultimately, it's like if we're going to look at what, where was the science done? The science was done when we looked at something and said, oh, we used to know that, and now we know something different, and and that's that's what uh, uh, I mean. Ultimately, we kind of got there, uh, and that's what we need to understand is that these things, ultimately, science is often fighting with our own instincts, and bureaucracy and politics are an enemy of 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 these things because they reinforce our own opinion. Now, normally, science is an ever shifting landscape of facts that are constantly changing, but there's one fact that will never ever change. And that is that all of you guys should go to patreon.com slash weird things yes. and contribute just a buck an episode to get your RSS feed. Combining this with the uh, after talks, uh, uh, sorry, uh, after, after things, things segment. Yep. Uh, wow. It's we a, talk on I, after no, things. Normally you do this part. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. How, how should it go? Uh, uh, Brian, I challenge your, uh, your, your, your point. My thesis? Uh, yeah, yeah. It, totally wrong. Indeed, you should traverse to patreon.com <laughs> slash weird things. Don't go. And reverse. you should foppishly click on the $1 an episode. Yes. And then you should get your RSS feed, which gives you the After Things podcast, where we talk about uh, entrepreneurship and how to uh, go about your, your, your creative life online from three people who have done it. Uh, right to the podcatcher of your choice. Thank you guys for doing it. Patreon.com slash weird things. Uh, two other articles worth checking out if you're kind of curious about uh, where 
you know, the investigation to, or the call for an investigation of the lab leak is going. Uh, like a week ago, Nicholas Wade, who had written science articles for New York Times, had a very lengthy piece about going on about this. If you look up, do, do, you know, do a search for Nicholas Wade, New York uh, Times, uh, or uh, New York Times, COVID. Uh, yeah, uh, this is just to set my mind straight. This is about the accusations that there was poor handling of, of a lab in China and China's uh, uh, deliberately obfuscating any kind of research into this. Yeah, the idea that we maybe and the idea is that that could is that is a factor that should be explored. Not this is what happened, but right. the idea that we we shouldn't forego any investigation. So that was an article came out last week. This week, um, Donald McDeal Jr., who is another New York Times science writer who actually wrote an article last year that didn't make, but was like, why we know it's not a lab leak, has now written a medium piece going. Things have changed. We have new information now, and we should investigate this. And so that's a very telling thing. Who was a person who was a one of the science writers who was very much on top of like, no, this is dumb. This is why this isn't the case. And now it's a little frustrating because it kind of comes down to like, well, we wouldn't, we didn't believe this administration because the Chinese were telling us this. Is if you read through the lines, like, wait, like well, that doesn't make any sense at all. But I'm glad that more people are saying we need transparency. We need answers because that maybe. You know, zoonosis, who knows, but we won't know the way we are. So yeah. so uh, we're, we're, we're playing let's pretend here, but 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 what would that look like if it was figured out that definitely this was mismanagement on a governmental level and a cover up on a governmental level um, in 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 a in a world where uh, we increasingly as humans uh, are losing our appetite for war um and there are intergovernmental opportunities to, um, if not sue, then to punish bad actors. Um, like, like what, what moves? Uh, so, so let's, let's say it all comes out again, pure conjecture, please don't hold me to this, but let's yeah. say, let's say it all comes out that it's like at a governmental level, this was sloppy work. And that's why this global pandemic happens. Now, all of a sudden the entire world has a legitimate grievance against one of the top super uh, economies of, of the globe. What do you do? That well, the problem is a very Brian, interesting question. <laughs> well, I, would, I, would, I, don't, I don't think it's clear cut like that. I think the problem is that we have a number of people who were came rushed to the defense of the Chinese labs. Understand these labs don't function necessarily independently. They have funding and all this. And, and there are more, you know, you hear gain of function stuff thrown out there, which is a more complicated term than just, you know, it, it, these things are complicated. I don't pretend to understand all these things. And, and, the people who sometimes shout the loudest sometimes don't know are the ones I trust the least, you know, but um, the point is to say is the problem is though, is that we, I would say that if, if things from what they look, if there was a lab leak there in China, because they were following a certain course of research and there's funding coming from different labs and things were going on. And then the West had quickly turned its eyes away and did not and was plain defending this and Western scientists and institutions were defending this and kind of covering up the problem is it's not just China that's complicit. And also I want to ask I want to answer something too. Like people go, oh, it's racist to blame China. Like, which is more racist? Blaming people in a wet market or blaming an international group of researchers? <laughs> like Yeah, I mean I, I think that there's there there is there is a deliberate parsing that we need to do between, you know, uh uh where we legitimately need to point to a problem of uh, uh, hate crimes against Asians, you know, let's say here in America and understanding that the crippling virus that affected the world, we should understand the origins of uh, and, and we should be open to all possibilities, uh, possibilities of exactly how that happened. Uh, 
I, I, you know, I mean, like we can, we can, I think we've, we've gone over this a, a bunch of times, but uh, uh, just to reiterate, uh, I think we need our eyes open on every inch of this. I don't think that we have uh, a full picture. I mean, it would be like a zoo letting a tiger out uh, or having a tiger escape and then the zoo not telling the other uh, neighbors around it because they were afraid that they'd be frightened. They'd be blamed. And so meanwhile, yeah. the t- tiger's tearing stuff up. Yeah. And they're all like, uh, well, you can't prove it's our tiger. I mean, it uh, might be by the way, tiger. Actual story, Bryce, that you can look up. A Chinese zoo that had a tiger escape. And, and they didn't admit and they that didn't a tiger? Tell, and they didn't tell the people near it because they were afraid that it would startle the people. Not a metaphor, a literal thing that happened in China three weeks ago. Wow. Uh, uh, so, so look. Still on the loose as of May 10. <laughs> oh a leopard. It was a leopard. Was a leopard. leopard. I'm sorry. I'm it sorry. Was, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, wow, tiger too. The tiger was in Texas, but we all knew. And then they caught the tiger and it was like a big cat, like just purring as they fed it. Okay. Oh, so no, it, it was a leopard, a leopard that got out in, in, in China. So, uh, uh, we obviously have a certain point of view in terms of the, the Chinese Communist Party on this podcast. I think that we can we can talk about that until we're blue in the face. But uh, 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 if if we do care about science and anybody who listens here cares about science, then uh, I do think that I'm glad that the consensus scientifically seems to be turning to the idea that, uh, wow, if this was a zoonotic thing, we probably would have had more conclusive things by now. Uh, we should continue to keep our eye open for all, not to say that that, that proof won't make itself available, uh, but we don't exactly have a cooperative partner right now in terms of trying to get to the bottom of this. Yeah, also, you know, look out for, for leopards. Yeah, historically, we now come to believe that H1N1, the original leak in the 1970s, was from a Russian lab. And like we've had SARS had leaked previously from other facilities like this happens and hap- it's one of these things we've had our labs too. We've had, you know, the United yep. States This happens. And, and that's the thing is that this, Oh, you're trying to be like, no, like we're, we're, we're our, our enemies, bureaucracy, our enemies, bureaucracy. That's, that's our enemy here. And I would think if it came to the surface, I don't know, like Brian, like, like, would there be, I don't know. I don't think there would be, because I think at this point um, we're just, that ship sort of sailed and it has become so obfuscated. Oh, that, that- I would hope. That's interesting. I I, th- I think uh, if I'm hearing you right, you're bringing up the idea that that scientists are gonna leap in front of of bullets to protect their own. Like um uh, like like nobody wants to be the next target for like, hey man, uh, something might have gotten loose in my lab, and I don't want to go down. So it's like I'm not gonna support because uh, the, the, the fear is gonna be one of the problems we have too is whenever you have a really weird thing happen, like. You know, when we started realizing the FBI is like, hey, we think we're losing a lot of intelligence information. You know, some, there's a leak there. Like, hey, let's ask this dude to investigate, you know, this this leak because he knows a lot about Russia and, you know, a lot about, you know, how these things sort of work. And it ends up being, you know, the guy who's doing the leaking, <laughs> you know, right. sometimes. And that's that's happened. We've had that before with some of the researchers and some of these more exotic stuff. We'll go ask them for their opinion on it. Well, they're either the person who maybe been involved in it or they're really good friends with the person that did do it. So here the problem is like I, I think that 
the sign, I think, yeah, you would see kind of a rallying around, like, don't, we're trying, we're, we're right now, the funny thing is, is like, we're, why are we trying to attack these people are trying to save it? And like, well, if this is the cause of it, then that was a failure. Yeah. That was a complete and total failure. The idea that we're trying to build these systems to prevent the spread of this stuff. And then it caused the worst pandemic in a hundred years. That's maybe a sign that we're doing it wrong. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I'll bet you it'll all work itself out. Yeah. But just more questions. Don't we? We all got to get past our tribalism. We all got to get past our. Well, I'm going to rally around my guys because you know they agree with me, and we just got to like somebody wants to ask questions. Don't shut them down for wanting to ask and, questions. And, and, and look, I I uh, I think that we're starting as we begin to emerge. We we see states that were more cautious begin to lift mask mandates and open things up that had previously been closed. I feel like now that we are kind of getting to a stable wavelength hopefully uh that these questions and conversations can now be had a little bit more easily than they were before go go gentlemen i want you to go on a bike ride oh, oh thank goodness i mean it's only storming and lightning outside we've only lost power twice i think now's a great time i love metal frame rides. and go oh the, yeah yeah you know, right you're gonna go on it we're gonna t you're gonna go bike ride in canada okay oh, oh. cold rain even better never than warm been a rain. storm in canada fun fact right. put it on the Wikipedia. all right everybody it's beautiful there right now it in is. my head so uh, if you get struck by lightning on a regular bike does that make it an e-bike no leave no. it go just all right, uh, wear your bikes. I need to know what kind of bikes you guys are riding. Bryce, you too. Uh, oh, I'm going to say it's a a, 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 a a Schwinn with a big banana seat. Oh, dude, no, I'm I'm in one of those lean back recumbent bikes where it's like you look like you're about to take a nap, but you're pedaling. Oh, yeah. yeah. You're, you're, you're doing not a little, an exercise a recumbent bike either. Like a real one? A little yeah. off-roading. You're doing a little off-roading, though, so you're going to have to have some fat tires All right, tires it's on an e-recumbent yeah, no, yeah. bike. No, yeah. <laughs> to assist on there's the a guy. There's a guy that is on my morning run, and I think he lives in my neighborhood that's on one of those recumbent bikes, and I always just wave to him, and it's always so funny to see him, like, leaned back, and he's just like, he just has his little arm. He's hey, like, hey. Does he have the big flag? He to, does. To alert the he world does. that it's like hey i look like i might slide under your car but i won't i'm in a silly bike look at me bryce what do you want a, like a penny farthing what do you want no i don't <laughs> i don't have a, I don't have a bike we're, my, we're mountain bike i'll take a mountain bike yeah yeah yeah. all right bryce, so you guys are are you, like, are, are you like are you like shifting gears constantly oh, because yeah, you, you can feel the road? BMX. Yeah, are you BMXing? I'm doing real manual trials stuff. I'm, I'm manual to trials. <laughs> yeah, do people know what trials is. Okay, yeah, uh, yeah. I'm doing. I'm got the. I didn't even know you were a lawyer. <laughs> so you're you're exploring some little canyons, and little canyon trails, and canyons and stuff, yep. and your kids and. Do you like this path you're on? Oh, dude, I love it. Like Look at the sky. Guys, you guys aren't looking at the sky with your face in forward. <laughs> I'm looking at the beautiful clouds. That one looks like Mickey Mouse. That one looks like a big I, wiener. May, maybe one of you is kind of bored and it's like, I want to find a new path. You guys want to find a new path? I'm, I'm tired of this. My banana seat is chafing. I need mm -hmm. to get going in a different direction. You know what they say, brother? Let's go. Different trails, same clouds. Let's go. See it all, the all right, time. so now <laughs> all of a sudden, take your bike, yeah, down a path, yeah, and you decided to quickly dismount your bicycles, throw them, and run away. 
Uh, oh my god, I'm so glad we did that. Sorry, I must have blanked out for a minute. I was looking at clouds. Why do we do that again? Uh, well, geez, because uh, we needed to chuck our bikes. It seems like I'm being chased by something slower than me. Look yeah. at your t-shirt. It says bike chuck 500. We yep. go 500 meters and then we chuck our bikes. And then we chuck our bikes as ah. we do every year. Yeah, no, I forgot that we were doing For charity. <laughs> bike chuck. Chucking for charity. <laughs> charity chuck. So uh, you, you come running up to me. I'm, I'm, I'm Steve. Oh, hey, Steve! Oh, Steve! Would you like to make a donation? We're chucking our bikes for Jerry. Have you heard of ALS? We forgot matter, to get boys? pledges beforehand. <laughs> What's the matter, boys? Well, uh, I mean, we just got 500 meters. Wait, aren't yeah. you the one that points in clouds and yells wiener? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Would you like to pledge $20 for every bike I chuck? Call it yeah. a wiener movie. Because also, that just means you give them $20. <laughs> <laughs> Also, you give us all twenty dollars. So that's $20. gonna be sixty dollars, Mister. $60, Can please. we have sixty dollars, Steve? Can you give? Yes, yeah, that's what we all call you, sixty dollars, Steve. Where, where, where are your bikes, boys? Ah, we chucked them right in the yeah. right in the, the ravine. We took the side path. Remember, we took that side path. They're beneath the clouds. You can't miss them. Yep. Hmm. Which cloud there? The, uh, the one that uh, the, old, old puffin stuff. Yeah, old, that's, what old, I, yeah. that's what I call it. Oh, the old, the old yeah, two message cumulus. Yeah, you over there, you you the hunchback boy. Which cloud? <laughs> Which one is that? Is that the bell? The, the boy bell. on the Cumberland bike. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Right, All right, that's me. Uh, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'll tell you what. Take a look. Uh, you see Cumulo. You see Nimbus. You see Cumulo Nimbus. Ignore all of them. Turn left yeah. at Cirrus. Look okay. for and Stratus. Follow, follow the, di the dingus. Find, find yourself one of them that looks like a UFO. You've gone too far. Right. Then you turn around thrice, yeah. and you you say, where is the bicycle? And then you'll see it. And you can follow those what? directions any time of the year. The <laughs> any time of the year. Yeah. What would, what would, give, give me a good reason. Why would you have thrown your bikes and ran? Uh, 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 I mean, outside, uh, uh. I, wait, I, something I, getting stuck on the bikes, right? right wait, there would have wait, to be something dangerous. What's on funny the is all I can think of is the Toast of London where <laughs> she pauses and then throws a shopping cart into the canal. <laughs> and he was like, I always wondered how they got there. <laughs> um, it's got to be something getting itself. We have to have run over something, right? Did we run over an ant colony? Uh, yeah, our tolerance for charity. Wait, all right, no, so we can't. This isn't a murder weapon situation. <laughs> like we didn't like, like oh my god, we, we hit, hit a, a guy. All, all three of us on our bikes at the same time hit the same homeless person. So, 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 so we hit a guy, but like, died. An, like, a, like, an, like an ant colony or something. Ooh, we, that I'm not tossing good. my bike for no ant colony. Okay, what if what if they would have had to what, be some fancy ass ants? What, what what about Kingdom of the Spiders? A Just a wave of tarantulas nests? coming at you. But why am I throwing away the unless the bike becomes infested? We know that you're doing that. What, what, what about, what about throwing snakes, the bike away? Snakes leaping through the spokes, getting tangled in the gears, and you're like, Aah! and then you just see more snakes, and you're like, peace out. Um, I, I I don't know if the idea of anything terrifying is something that I I don't want a bike to go faster away from. I think the larger thing Ooh. would be. Let's say it is an electrical storm, and we we are afraid that we're, we're seeing oh. things get like struck by lightning. Or, we don't want our metal our metal bicycles, and we all forgot to bring our wooden bicycles. Our bikes are loaded with packets of drugs, and this is a drop. 
So we ride the bikes out. Why yeah. did we um, run away then? Well, uh, well no, we know, we're, we're, we're leaving somehow. it for the other people yeah. to pick it up. Yeah. See, Bryce, I got this great scam, man. We say <laughs> it's the bike chucking charity, but really, the it's the bike coking charity. Yeah. <laughs> now you're thinking we're gonna make some money. So why easy did you money. come tell me, Steve, aka Ryan? Actually, is my name. Steve, a.k.a. Ryan, we are here as an intervention for the fact that you can't pick a name. Yeah. Also, uh, uh, we, we we think you're the drop guy, and we want to let you know that this is where our bikes got dropped. Yeah. So, right. uh, so, so I'm, I'm sorry. We forgot to mention the whole time we're talking, we're tapping our noses, yeah. and we're like, we, uh, the- you know... Chuck the bikes. On the bi- the bike bikes are made of pure. Charity. The bikes are made of pure cocaine. So you're gonna need to pick them up before <laughs> so, it rains. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna read you the story here. All right, and uh, uh, and some of it, like read it too. Like a lot of this is being told from the POV of a 14 year old. And if you read, if you if you were a 14 year old, you're like, mm, I think there's a little a few details here that are maybe changed, but yeah. uh, not accusing anybody. This is by Sarah Santora writing for Newsweek. Teen accidentally rides bike into den of rattlesnakes. Oh, it's always snakes! It's always snakes. Uh, Always snakes. Fourteen-year-old Raiden Peter and his friend were enjoying an afternoon bike ride in Lethbridge, Canada, a town south of Calgary, when they found themselves riding through a rattlesnake den. CTTV News reports the boys were trying to find a new biking path in the canyon, and they accidentally rode their bike into the snake den. I was so scared, Peter told CTV. The two teens told CTV they quickly dismounted by bikes, threw them into the den, and ran away. They called the City of Lethbridge Rattlesnake Mitigation Program to get their bikes back. The name of this guy's the the, the guy who's their rattlesnake mitigator has got a great name, Ryan First Diver. <laughs> oh, uh, this Steve. Like, this sounds like something like GPT-3 wrote, by the way. It says, <laughs> better known as the rattlesnake wrangler, appeared at the scene to help. He just appeared at the scene. Yeah. I've been in that position where you actually walk into a den and what you see around you is writhing, hissing, rattlesnakes diving in for holes, and uh, it's scary. Uh, 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 he quickly helped the boys retrieve their bikes. And then uh, First Diver has been officially wrangling rattlesnakes for nine years. In all of years of venomous snakes, he says he's never been bitten. He does say, however, that he lost nearly all the vision in his right eye last summer after getting rattlesnake venom in it. Uh, but as a fan of exotic snakes, he wouldn't change a thing about his job. I don't know. Maybe I, less rattlesnake. I'm probably going to change the, the yeah the venom in the eye. Probably. Uh, yeah, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> oh you my know, god. This this problem would have been solved if they'd all been riding mongooses. Yeah. Oh, you. <laughs> uh, how long you been sitting on that? Oh, you, you just had now. that <laughs> just now, Brian. <laughs> swear to swear on you all things. I just now thought of mongooses. You. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I would. That's terrifying. Are, are you kidding? Me? Well, Venom and, and, in the eye is such a great metal song name. Well, especially because he wasn't bitten. It was just like he was just like uh, uh, I don't know. Ah, boy, I was squirting some venom just for grins, and then all of a sudden it would splash in my eye. Anyway, I'm blind now. What part of Canada is that accent from? Oi, I eat fire ants. Oi. How far from Toronto is I eat fire ants? Oh, <laughs> oh, love Wayne Gretzky. <laughs> you, uh, we're known for our renowned they kindness. They say, they said rattlesnakes. I said, you are joking. <laughs> Sorry. 
What's what's very cool is um the <laughs> Ryan First Diver has a YouTube channel and so he's he vlogged about it. Oh wow. Can, can so, we hear his voice? Uh he... Boy, it's me, Ryan First Diver. <laughs> <laughs> oof. Oof. That sound. <laughs> then there should be like two by my bike. Right by my hand. Right oh, this is the den. We're at the den. They're getting the bike. Holy cow. It's not scary oh. or a cave. It's like in tall grass. So they had tossed yeah, the den can be, yeah. They had tossed their bikes accidentally. So they were they weren't like scared of anything. They had tossed their bikes and they, they, that place that they tossed it accidentally I mean, was a vibe was, was that, a snake den. I, I could just as easily picture them figuring out that they're in a snake den and sometimes you slow down and you lose control and it's all of a sudden it's like, well, I I don't trust these two wheels or this terrain. I do I'm gonna trust fail these two right feet. now. Especially yeah. if you don't know if you're gonna turn further into it or not. Like when you're on foot, you can do a one eighty, my man. Holy cow. Wow. Wow. So Ryan First Diver is now with his stick and, and, going uh, very uh, slow. Everybody on audio, uh, just understand, it's like everything is overgrown with glass, or grass, and glass, yeah. uh, uh, grass, like the tall weeds you as would far never as the know. eye can see. No, you would, you would never that, know. that is a recipe for like, like getting he, bit. Even now our hero, Ryan, is poking with a stick into every step he's about to take to make sure that there are no snakes in there. And in and, and the snake's defense, some of them were rattling, like, hey, I'm walking here. Yo, I'm walking here. Hey. <laughs> do you think he, do you think he this rides? This is my bike. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, whoa, free bike. <laughs> he just pedals it, Yeah, is he going to? Oh, so he's handing it to the kid right there. Where's the recumbent bike? <laughs> uh, that kid died. He's <laughs> <laughs> busy looking at the clouds. So. Here's my advice, doll. All you guys that want mountain bike out here in the summer, stick to those north-facing slopes. Because the, cool <laughs> oh, the south-facing ones would get more sunlight, and that's why they were there, is to soak in the warmth. But that is that is the one and only Ryan First Diver. That's great. Uh, heroes and snake wrangler to all lights. Canadian children. Yeah. <laughs> I so, see you in the chat says, yep. That's a snake guy. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell looking at him. <laughs> he, it, I think, so, at least in one of the in one of the photos that I think the CTV, he's wearing shorts while he's doing jorts. This. Are those jorts? I can't no, see. They're camo. They're, they're camo. camo? Shorts. Okay. They're camo shorts. He's got to keep his. We should send so, him a pair of jorts. Just try them. Uh, out. If you want something fun, just go to Google News and put in snake bite. Understand it's going to give you by relevance, not even by. Uh, date you can sort by date but it'll give you anything snakes are mentioned so snake bite uh one day ago rescue a four-year-old snake bite victim in palm springs uh, let's go down here uh, uh, uh six hours ago zabata county canine officer bit by rattlesnake and then you get you know five days ago four days ago but like which just in the last like few days just uh three hours ago uh wow there's a lot rattling Uh, hurt uh, come on andrew if 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 i may have a an app bat here uh bryce what happens if we type in giant spider into uh (laughs) into the news i'm gonna google giant spider google news the latest giant Giant spider spider attacks australian space telescope (laughs) so good so good but that that was nine days ago and that's the top result not and also by the way that is a new york post story like don't giant is not a 
necessarily a word like a word that'll get used as yeah, much. Let's spider, sp- spider bite. Speedier bite. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Jumping spider bite treatment prevention. What to know about? Vic- spider bite victim appears in court to face charges over a standoff against a spider. Huh? He was like, it was stand your ground. You're on yeah. here. <laughs> Please put, the spider. Put, put all eight hands on the Bible to swear into court. <laughs> hey, eyes Here's on what, me. You, all eight of them, please. If you type in new, uh, or, or just large spider, CNN, mysterious, new tarantula-like spider identified in the Florida Everglades. Oh. A oh. new spider? New species of venomous spider found uh, <laughs> in a yeah. zoo. It looks like a it looks like a venom action figure. It looks like a toy from the franchise. Oh my god. This is my life now, by the way, because we've moved into a place that has a lot more bugs than where California. we used to live yeah. in Oakland. Have you and, seen a scorpion yet? No. God help us when that actually happens. My wife is now obsessed. Like all she does is just find bugs and catalog bugs and thinks that it's the worst bug that could ever happen. It is it is my entire entire life and and I just want them all gone. <laughs> well, I don't care because I grew up with bugs all around. Yeah. South Florida has nothing but bugs. Like mm-hmm. you see a bug, you yeah. kill the bug, you, you throw know. it away. There, there, there's something about the slow plotting nature of scorpions that really freaked me out, especially because my daughter was three at the time and she goes, Dad, there's a bug. There's a bug, Dad, there's a bug. And so I come into the room and there's Josie, three years old, and there is just a slow plodding. Scorpion, scorpion just walking across ah! her bedroom. God damn it, Bryce. Yeah. <laughs> I got, got superimposing a gigantic spider on the screen. It's he's scared because it's the new tarantula. Ugh. It yeah, does look it does look ready for the uh, a, a, a Sony version of a Marvel movie. <laughs> I'm looking for Tom Hardy. Uh type in coconut crab. Coconut crab. Okay. Now we're just looking. That sounds dude. delicious. Now, now we're just in creepy crawly mode. I mean, like, welcome to weird things. Should I, I add know. scampi to that? All right. Endangered species, 17 cap, crab. Look at images. Let's do images. Oh, just images? Oh, okay. What's the world's best crab restaurant? <laughs> let's see. Uh, let's see. Coconut crab. Got the images here. Zoom. Look at Go! the trash can. Oh, yeah. Trash can. Look at the trash ah, can. That's oh, so big. That's a God. It's the can. size of a human torso. Oh, oh my God. No, 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 no. That looks like a a a a, a, a playset that would cost your family three hundred dollars. That's gonna lop off a finger. Yeah, that'll that'll chop if you're lucky. If you give him a finger, he'll take it. Did you see that headline? Giant coconut crab seen hunting birds. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. No, I didn't see that headline. Oh, oh. I got two quick stories that we need to talk about. Uh, one is congratulations to China, by the way, who have soft landed a probe on Mars, which is hard. Um, you know, there's a little bit there are other previous attempts by other nations as far as what is it really the second nation to ever soft land. But they seem to have successfully landed a rover on Mars, which is quite an achievement and very impressive. And they're one of the things they have on this rover when they start operating it is ground penetrating radar. It would have been awesome if they had televised it live like NASA does so we could see it instead of having, you know, to everything go through state-controlled media and waiting. But nonetheless, this is a great achievement, and kudos to them for doing that. Also, last week, we forgot to mention, uh, you know, in the midst of when Elon Musk on Saturday Night Live, as it was broadcasting elsewhere, SpaceX reused a booster for the 10th time. 
Yeah, and I guess on top of that, uh, what has SN SN fifteen gone up for a second time? That was another thing they were talking about. They just they're not haven't launched it again, but they showed they had like a, a compilation video showing SN fifteen. That's awesome. Came out so. I'll tell you kind what, man. Uh, the fact that the fact that they're using essentially test launches to 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 build the Starlink network, what what almost certainly will become like uh, the 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 gateway most <laughs> most anybody who's not in a city will use to get on the internet is uh, uh, wow, it's really yeah. remarkable. Like like that's the sleight of hand is we're all watching watching things crash and fail to, you know, reland or whatever. But meanwhile, them satellites keep going up and where, what, there are hundreds of them now, right? Um, yeah. I, I want to go back to the, um, the Chinese barb probe. Yeah. Like, so now do you think that Biden could just call Xi Jinping and be like, Hey sucker, you want to race for pinks? <laughs> the pink being the sands of Mars. This, yeah. Whoever We're going to race our, our, our probe versus your probe. We live our life a quarter mile of Martian track at a time. Like, we're going to dust you, sucker. And then it's and like then, a, he fakes out and does a J-turn and lands on the moon. He's like, ha-ha, we call the moon. <laughs> it's closer anyway. It's like, then Boeing and Lockheed walk into his office like, great call, Good call. We've got this covered. We need $50 billion. <laughs> and, you know, 70 years later, you know, as uh, we land at uh, Planet China, you know, the fourth planet to orbit our sun. <laughs> it was like, they don't but, call it the red planet for nothing, kid. Yeah. <laughs> we got here first. Meanwhile, we're, we're insisted that our new super, super launch system is going to be going there anytime soon. <laughs> yeah. So we're sure that this thing landed. Uh, they released, they got telemetry back. They got information back from it. Um, we're at the point now that if they did it, it looks, it would be kind of, uh, it'd be weird. It it would be be as phenomenal a a performance to fake this as to do it. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, we, cause we're looking at some telemetry data coming back so we could see what would look like the signal from like the detachment from it. Uh, but uh, it's again, they're not. There, you know, we we go. Hey, we wish NASA was more like SpaceX. But now you look at other space agencies, and you wish them they were more like NASA as far as the transparency and images. Yeah, I mean, look, I, 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 just, I I have I have no reason to believe that they didn't. But I would also like to have people who know these things well, tell we've me got, that they believe yeah, we, that they do it. We, we've got plenty yeah. of of satellites in orbit. We can see that we can find the the thing, and uh, it's really hard. It's really hard. Really? The res because the resolution of that, like that's that's we nobody nobody in a, none of the people in space are doubting that this is real now. Okay, Nobody's yeah, doubting yeah. this because that's, there's that's a point it could Yeah, that's that's like yeah, because we because they waited. If they didn't do it, they would have just never announced it or they would yeah. have said something else. Um uh but like a piece how, of I trash it has tr- hit Mars. <laughs> I'd love it. Would, how cool though would it be if they turn on their camera and all of a sudden their helicopter flies by? Yeah. Oh, dude. You, you know what's funny is I, I bet that's a non-zero consideration when it comes to landing locations. Uh where you know, we've seen that that China's very protective of its national pride or whatever. And that would be kind of an international incident if we were to fly our helicopter over over there rover. Like, all right, would yeah. you would you stop? mocking us that's like click 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 stop taking pictures of me it's like a space paparazzi yeah (laughs) 
Hey, Rover, so hey, Rover, turn over here, turn over here. Ah, give us a little bit of reflection, yo. Smile for us, smile. What do you think about Benefer? So. <laughs> Benefer. Let's nice. do some picks. Hey, my, my, uh, my, my pick is the new David Attenborough series, the Netflix original, uh, Life in Color. Uh, man, David Attenborough still has it. And, and I know it's the team that gets the incredible photography and it's the team that puts together the incredible stories, but, uh, but it, it sure was great to see him. Uh, it, uh, it's only two episodes and then a making of, but uh, man, it's gorgeous. That footage they got, uh, they're not messing around. It, it really pops. It was neat to be in the room with my kids when the scene would change and then they would finally show what creature we're going to talk about and to hear the kids in, you know, just involuntarily go, whoa, was really, really fun. It's, it's gorgeous. Awesome. Uh, my pick is Sons of Sam. Have you seen this, Andrew? No. Uh, I don't know if you're if you're familiar with it, but uh, there is a theory popularized by journalist Maury Terry that the Son of Sam shootings in New York City were not done solely by David Berkowitz, who confessed initially to all of them but that there were multiple shooters. Uh, this then leads into another layer of conspiracy, which leads to another layer of, of, of conspiracy. Uh, and your mileage may vary on exactly how many of these layers you might believe. I do think, though, for a true crime documentary, there's fairly compelling evidence, at least for the first one, of, of there being multiple shooters. Uh, it is a part of history that I was barely cognizant of. Uh, uh, it was a little bit before my time. Obviously, the crimes happened in the mid-70s. It was still hot news through the early 80s. Uh, but what happens past that is a discussion about uh, uh, certain uh, kinds of, of groups uh, that I, I you know, fed into certain uh, things that happened throughout the eighties. So I, I think it is, it is well worth a, a view. Uh, it's, I believe four episodes probably could have been three, but that's our modern world what, of what, what did you know going into it? Like what caused you to press play? Was it a personal recommendation or it just showed up at the right time? No, I was, I was, my mom was in town and I'm like, Oh, you know this stuff because she grew up around New York city. And, and that was when she was a, a, a young girl, the son of Sam killer was killing, uh, you know, young women. Uh, so I, I watched it because, uh, she was around and people I'd, I'd seen conversations about it, but, uh, you know, it was one of those things that initially in watching, I'm like, I had my, my hands on my hips, kind of like skeptical face on and while i i don't know if i go the full monty on on his conspiracy on conspiracy on conspiracy uh i i, I do think that uh there is something to the idea that the new york police department very much liked the idea that one guy confessed to all these killings despite the fact that the police sketches were inconsistent and the vehicles were inconsistent and uh, uh, they were happy to put that behind them at a very turbulent period in New York City history. I think that that seems 
uh, seems I, to make sense to me. I, I, I accept that. I mean, because that is a thing where police departments often try to put everything to one thing they can. But we saw with Bundy that the exact thing happened there, though. When we know Bundy did crimes that they described him as having different colored hair, driving yeah. a different vehicle, and Bundy went through detail for detail. So that's a normal thing of the problem with witnesses is that, and later on be like, oh, this witness said somebody who's blonde and this, but it's like, no, we had Bundy here. This is what he said. And just that recall, the way things, also the way interrogations work. My, I'll watch this, but when I hear Berkowitz, and if I hear him working with accomplices, my hair, and I'm like, Berkowitz? I mean, that guy was like not he was a loner among loners. Well, so just a really this, what this presupposes is. Maybe he wasn't. And and uh, 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 well, the personality type, I mean, if he's naming people from the neighborhood, but I mean, it's still it's like maybe. But like, I mean, I don't know. But like, that's the thing. like he there are other cases like that's one of the things I've talked about. In one of my books There's a lot of cases where. Serial killers working with other people is not as rare as people might think. And one of the biggest case, you know, one of the gruesome was like Dean Kroll, who had several people working with him. And he was the one that inspired like John Wayne Gacy and stuff. But like there's numerous instances where this happens, where you get weirdos working together. But he he is such a weirdo weirdo. That's where I'm like, well, I'd be could be. But that would be surprised me because he's he was nuts. Uh, yes. I, I, I would say, look, it, I, I would uh, uh, without spoiling through um yeah. you know who they say the accomplices are uh it seems by the end of it that element of it seems compatible with the facts that they come up not necessarily even that the some of the the the, the sketches are are inconsistent but they are consistent with other facts with people around uh, uh berkowitz so um it was interesting uh, uh, it was, mm -hmm. it, it's certainly a worthwhile doc. It's put together really well. And, uh, it is all told through a lot of the notes of Maury Terry, who was the journalist. And, uh, that is voiced. The voice of Maury Terry from his notes, uh, is Paul Giamatti, which, which gives a, a dramatic kind of heft to things, uh, as this man who is no longer with us, Maury Terry is, is bringing you through his notes and investigation. And then can you bring up like the Scientology angle? Oh yeah. 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 No, uh, uh, uh is, I didn't know that there was one. There is a Scientology well, angle and, uh, hell this is in the first, you know, uh, a few minutes. It's in like the animatic that, that is the, 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 the thing, uh, the, 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 the credits. Yeah. But what this presupposes is that there is an element of a satanic cult to the Berkowitz thing. And, uh, uh, where it goes from a bunch of weird people in Yonkers being weird to a grander conspiracy is where it kind of lost me. But uh, uh, the idea of there were some weird people in Yonkers doing some weird stuff seems like there is at least physical evidence to demonstrate uh, that, that that was the case. So uh, uh, worth worth viewing, and and also very much uh, uh, as this guy Maury Terry continues to go, winds up writing a very popular book. The uh, the conclusions that he draws has uh, a not only I think an outsized role in maybe popularizing another moral panic uh, that terrorized America through the eighties, uh, but also lays some groundwork for other stuff politically. That I don't, that they don't even 
touch in this documentary. But let's just say Did, that, that that a conspiracy that presumes there's a grand uh, uh, overclass of Satanist pedophiles, uh, you know, might might linger yet today. Do they ever going to talk to Berkowitz? Because like the dude's still alive. They do. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, that would be interesting. No, they're apparently, and this is stuff that I didn't know that um, Berkowitz does uh, multiple interviews by the end of this documentary with Maury Terry. Uh, okay. Uh, that aired what one of them on Inside Edition that is brought into and hosted by Bill O'Reilly. Yep. Ah, <laughs> to play him off. What does that mean? To play him off. <laughs> so I, I once talked to at the Magic Castle. I talked to with some. I mentioned something about serial killers, and, and somehow this came up where somebody's like, "Oh, I corresponded with John Wayne Gacy." I'm like, "What?" And sat down, and this guy told me the story about how he had written a letter to John Wayne Gacy. He actually had got a hold of something Gacy had made and wanted him to sign it. And Gacy wrote him this letter back about how uh, it was his property. He shouldn't have done this, da, da, da. But then the guy agreed to pay him like $10 and John Wayne Gacy signed it. And he has all this correspondence oh back and God. forth. And that's like, wow. and you think about like these serial killers that are still alive, just like sitting there waiting for pen pals. <laughs> and it's kind of terrifying. Uh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. There's a uh, 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 boy. There is a line that even kind of made me uncomfortable. And I am, I am in the tank for reporters and journalists because of my background. But, you know, when you realize that you're chasing a scoop and, and part of that is getting the get. And if getting the get means I need to become personal friends with David Berkowitz, like there's a little bit of the hair that that stands up on the back of your neck, even even for me. That is about a, a, when, when you're I, selling I out in, fifteen dollars for a Snickers bar at the commissary, and it's oh, I, I it's yeah. even more along the lines of like, okay, so what is appropriate to get the, to get the interview? Yeah, like, and they don't go into this, but I know that in general, you're not writing a letter saying, "Hey, you murdering pos." Like, I think you're a piece of garbage. Anyway, answer these questions, you piece of garbage. You're probably writing a a more uh, uh, friendly on its face letter uh, to, to get what you want and to get him on camera. And indeed, uh, don't uh, you hate when your hands get sweaty when you kill somebody? <laughs> uh, I mean, I murder with words. You murder with knives. We're pretty much the same. Yeah, we're not so different. You and I. Anyway, Sons of Sam, it's on <laughs> Netflix now. Cool. Uh, I, I got two picks. Um, oh. So I was uh, off on, on vacation very recently. Uh, uh, thank you, everybody, for... Didn't notice. <laughs> um, but uh, a big through line, um, which I think, I'm, I think I did recommend this right before I went, but uh, a big through line was getting the, um, the MacBook Air, the new M1 um, MacBook Air. I used this like... 90% of the time when I was off, uh, uh, the battery life is great. Six plus hours, uh, just watching videos or browsing the web. Um, it, I could, I, I could run Lightroom on it. So I was able to take some photos and get them edited. It was, it was, it was really cool to have a laptop and I've had, I've had, you know, maybe five or six laptops over, over my, over my lifetime, but like, seriously not needing to think about it at all just like 
I will charge it when I when it tells me it's low, and maybe that'll happen once a day. Um, uh, I I think it's pretty cool, and I didn't even get the the pro or even the nice eight core thing. I just got the cheapest one. Um, but I think that thing is really cool. Um, in fact, I was able to uh, 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 get my other pick done, um, which was uh, the Marbles project that I've talked about on After Things before. Uh, we have merchandise now available. Yeah, um, where? Uh, a lot of which I'm I'm uh, either like designed or took photos of and edited them on the MacBook or. Um, like am fulfilling them with the MacBook. Like we have a sticker set. Where, where do I get this, Bryce? You can get these at marbles.win, uh, marbles.win slash store. Oh. Um, uh, and so like the sticker, like I've got a sticker pack here and these are not on demand like the rest of the stuff is. Like I had to like, you know, get all this stuff and then get labels and ship them out and, and all that stuff and running that all through. Like having, being able to like not, have to be tied to my desktop computer yeah. while I was also staying at home for a vacation was really was really freeing. It honestly was sitting outside a lot, uh, moving around on the couch, on this chair, wherever. Like just having kind of the freedom. I mean, this is uh, all the same bullet points about laptops for the past forty plus years now, but it's cool. You can just like be watching a video and take it with you into the kitchen and, and all that stuff. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah so uh yeah the macbook air and uh yeah uh the apparel on on marbles.win is uh new and uh really really nice andrew what is um andrew's like taking a photo of his uh he's practicing his hunch for when he rides a recumbent bike I'm trying yeah. to see his what shirt. size my shirt is okay because <laughs> <laughs> i'm buying some merchandise okay um but uh uh uh, but yeah, so those those two things, the MacBook Air and uh, the Marbles, Marbles. You, you can even look at look at some nice photos of me. My friend, uh, oh. my my. Uh, this was one of my like post COVID things. Was like a buddy came over and shot these photos of me, um, and it was cool to just like hang out and you're to be a model, to be a model, and and you're like close to somebody, and you're kind of you have to kind of have a certain sync to it. Uh, yep. It was it was pretty cool to not also have to worry about masks and stuff at the same time. Yeah. So. Just bought a shirt. Oh, thank you. I have an, a new order from Andrew in Burbank. Hmm. Uh, that's me. That's you. Hey, Do you have a pick, Andrew? My pick is this. I just finished listening to an audiobook that I thoroughly enjoyed. It is Liftoff by Eric Berger. He is a writer who's been writing about aerospace and has been covering uh, SpaceX for a number of years. He wanted to write a book about the early days of SpaceX and sort of the pivotal point, primarily the Falcon 1 development, which is a really, really important story because of the miracles they pulled off and Elon being Elon, the reason things got done. Highly recommended. Eric Berger is a respected writer, and he was given full access to people at SpaceX to tell this story. And it is, you know, there are a lot of Elon hate out there. And I'm like, I, I will not defend the craziness. I will not defend a lot of stuff. It is hard to read this book and not come away with the takeaway that there is something extraordinary that went on there because of the number of times when things seemed like uh, from the Air Force refusing to ever, you know, uh, from the Air Force slow walking 
his asking for permission to launch the Falcon 1 at Edwards Air Force Base to literally they didn't want him to launch it. So they would they couldn't deny it, but they would just not approve it and sitting there to having to figure out how to find other launch alternatives to the point at which he decided to, you know, to f- sue NASA in order to or take, you know, fight NASA to get, you know, be able to apply for grants that weren't open to them. Like all of the uphill battles that were against them there were incredible. And the team of people, and it goes really into the team of people that work there, Gwen Shotwell, Hans Kunzemeyer, all these other people who work with them are exceptional people. And it's a really, really great story. Um, so lift off Elon Musk in the desperate early days at launch SpaceX. And yeah. it's just, it's not easy. It is not, there's a reason why Jeff Bezos's Blue Origin, which is has more funding, has been around longer, hasn't reached orbit. There's a reason why things, it's so hard. It is so hard. And yeah. it takes a different weird personality to make this work. And, and I, I remember following with you, Andrew, like these stories that were coming through, like, you know, Wired magazine back in the day, and they were harrowing. I can't imagine how detailed, uh, you know, being with the benefit of hindsight, with the benefit of being able to be honest because it was a, a, a success that now you can probably be a little bit more uh, on the nose of exactly how close to failure they were. And and we had a pretty good idea of how close to failure they were back then. So I'm sure it's a great story. Yeah. I mean, you get st- stories like flying their last, the last Falcon one that they're able to put together and the company is going to be bankrupt on a cargo plane. And all of a sudden hearing popping sounds as it starts to head down into Hawaii because of the preservation differential in there and somebody having to climb inside to fix it. Putting the chemical starter they used to ignite rocket engines on G- Elon's private plane to fly it to some place because, like, they can't get it there anywhere else. And the and the pilot being like, um, "What happens if this catches on fire?" And the you know the SpaceX engineer is like, "Well, I'll be next to it, so either fly up really high, and so we take away all the air, or fly really low so I can throw it out the door." Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> So it's just, but it is just, it is an amazing story. And, and like, again, I don't, you don't have to, nobody has to like the guy's personality, but you look at the company he built and you look at what you can't, when you watch those rockets land, like in what alt future does that yeah. happen? And, yeah. and that, and the people, the people like the thing, and he will be the first to tell you the people that he's brought together. He brought these people from other companies, other people that were just, just as crazy and determined as he was to make stuff happen. And, it's just, it's really, it's only like eight or nine hours. So it's, you know, and it covers a particular area of time. Um, the Ashley Vance biography on Elon Musk is still a must read, but this one by Eric Berger liftoff is, is fantastic. That's great. And did you just see uh, this? Did you go back to the, uh, go back to the, uh, the Amazon page, Bryce? Yeah, absolutely. This is an, this, this is important. A book on space has ever been written and it's a riveting page turner too. Who said that? Uh, it's listed Homer Hickam. In- Homer Hickam, the Homer Hickam. Look up Homer Hickam. When you get a guy like that, and that's the whole, he was the guy the, the movie Rocket Boys was based on by his biography, one of the pioneers of early Na- you know, NASA space flight technologies and fuels and stuff. And so that, wow. it's great. I mean, all, all I saw was 750 reviews and all five stars. Yeah. <laughs> like, yes. that, that, that's where yes. I stopped watching. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, it's highly recommended. Cool. Nice. Any other picks? We all good? We're good. Gentlemen, it's good to have Bryce back. But it's a little weird. (laughs) (laughs) I I shot too early. (laughs) 
loves you have enjoyed this program.